This week on VoiceOver Voices, we are going to deep dive into advertising. Everything about radio ads, TV ads, what happens in the studio, what to do, what not to do. And of course, we'll be talking about that new dance craze, the flamenco cheddar shake. Really. And welcome back to VoiceOver Voices, the podcast where we delve into the wordy world of voiceovers. Each episode, you'll meet a professional voice artist, find out who they are and how they got into this work, and listen while we run through some slightly ridiculous script games, which are based on the kind of jobs we tackle on any given day in the studio. I'm Kathy Ogden, and I'm a voice artist, singer, songwriter, and now podcaster. A voice artist needs to be able to sight-read scripts, take direction, interpret the client's brief, create characters, moderate their vocal tone, flip from character to character, and somehow manage to do all this within a tight time limit. It's an intensely focused kind of job, and people come into it from all sorts of different backgrounds. And what's more, nobody really knows who we are. We're largely invisible to all but our agents, clients, and each other. Well, I'm changing all that, so on with the show. My guest this week on VoiceOver Voices is the very talented and super delightful Jules Lander. If you listen to TV or radio in Australia, then you'll know Jules Lander's voice. She'll be the one telling you about a product or a service in a way that stands out but doesn't annoy. She's a natural at being natural. Jules has over 16 years' experience as a voice artist with regular clients including Advil, Coca-Cola, Dove, McDonald's, IGA, Qantas, Kmart and eHarmony, to name but the beginning of a very long list. Both Kylie Minogue and Katy Perry personally approved Jules' voice for their latest album promotions. And Jules provides the promo voice for CBeebies and the Oz Stereo Network. Before becoming a voice artist, Jules completed a Bachelor of Media degree at Macquarie Uni, majoring in film production. She's written, directed, and assistant produced award-winning short films. And on top of all that, Jules and her husband Gus have three little girls, Paloma, Ord, and Wren. How does she find time for everything? I intend to find out. So, welcome to Voice Over Voices, Jules Lander. Thank you, Kathy. Can you narrate my life like the Truman Show? Ah, <laughs> because that yeah. was really lovely. <laughs> I could just sit and listen to that all day. Not that it has to be about me, but you know, I love your buttery voice saying anything to me. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So tell me a little bit about, I know that you've studied film at Macquarie and mm-hmm. I'd love to know how that became your direction. What took you into to film? I actually started off, I, like I finished school and I was determined to be an archaeologist. <laughs> really? I know you wouldn't guess it, but yes, that was the, the career path that I thought I would do. Yeah, the, the program at Macquarie was really cool because it had an archaeological dig in Egypt in oh the third goodness. year. So that was 100% what sold me <laughs> on it. I could totally imagine myself in Jurassic Park style you know, digging away. Um, But as it turned out, it was a lot of science, which is not really my strong point. Who would have guessed? So I ended up doing a hop, skip and a jump to a media degree. Um, I guess I'd always like um, my sister had been in the media, like she'd been a breakfast radio producer and Uh she'd also worked at Channel 9. So I'd sort of been around that world for a little bit. Yeah. And um yeah, it just felt like an interesting, fun thing. And it was, it was great. I had so much fun at uni. And yeah, I wanted to pursue filmmaking. But along the way, I did for a number of years. And then along the way, I kind of, I don't know, I just kind of felt it wasn't, it was my passion to watch film and TV and quality production. But I just um, kind of lost my love for being involved in the back end of it. Got it. And so what then took you from there into voice acting? Well, I'd sort of been doing it throughout my degree. So um, I got into it because it's quite a funny story. I was actually working, like I had a part-time job at my sister's shoe store and (laughs) my other sister. And 
Today FM used to do an hour of power. I don't know if you remember that, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. I yeah. And they used yeah. to get, they used to go into like little random businesses and get the, whoever was working there to announce the songs for the hour. And huh. they happened to come in the day that I was working. And I should say also my sister that was in the media also mm-hmm. married a sound engineer. Got it. So it wasn't a completely foreign concept basically at this point, but it wasn't, I could, it had never entered my radar that I might do it. Yeah. Um, and I did, you know, the announcing for the hour of power and my brother-in-law happened to catch it. And he was like, oh, I think there's something here. Like, I think you could maybe do this. So that sort of was the first time it had become a possibility for me. And then I trained with him for about a year on and off. So I would, I don't know, I, I guess I just started doing it and I decided I liked it. Like I would record scripts on the radio and TV and then I would go and type them up mm-hmm. like a little nerd and yeah. <laughs> and then go into the that, studio. That's a classic thing. Yeah, to do. Did, so I feel like that's a common thing, right? Like if you if you yeah. kind of discover that you want to pursue this, you have to put in a little bit of transcript work. Yeah. And I yeah, and then I was look, I was super lucky that I had the studio there and an engineer on tap to give me direction. Mm-hmm. And so I probably did that once every couple of weeks or something for a year and then decided that I would apply to an agency and got in. And I was like, oh, wasn't expecting that. And wow. then I was sort of doing uni. That was obviously my main focus. And then VOs just became, it just sort of snowballed and right. it became this thing. And I was like, oh, this could be more than just a part-time job. This is like a career. It's yeah. so it's so interesting. It was almost like it was meant to be. It's kind of there's a lot of fate it's, it in it that is strange. story, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like when I think about all it, all the shoe stores in all. <laughs> That's right. Like had that not had they not come in, yeah. I've got a lot a lot to thank them for. The good it old hour about, isn't it? That's brilliant. Mm. And I'm I'm really fascinated in how you managed to. For me, your voice is your voice really stands out because it is it's so natural. Like you have, you have a really beautiful way of delivering commercials that doesn't doesn't to me as a listener feel like I'm listening to a commercial. I know I am, and I know that you're genius at selling things, but but you do it in a way that is just it's really pleasant on the ear, which which I think is probably why a lot of these really high-end clients love you because oh thank you yeah you don't it, it's I don't know what so is that something that you specifically decided you wanted to do or is it just because that's what the market was tell me tell me about it yeah thank you that's so kind of you and I guess for me like it's interesting because I've been doing it for quite a long time now I've really noticed a change in the style, like obviously there's trends and whatever in advertising. So yeah. when I started doing it, it was very much, it was a little bit more pushed, the style, more voiceover as mm-hmm. we, you know, all have, have done. Yeah. And then there was a shift. There was like a real shift in the industry towards a more natural tone, more conversational, which we all prefer. That's, I mean, I know I prefer to do it. Yeah. I'm sure you yeah, do too. Do. Yeah. And it's much nicer to listen to as well mm. for the viewer or the listener. So I guess, I don't know, I just sort of approach things in like I I often sell myself on a product (laughs) and I don't think that's like my, I don't think it's because of my skill per se, but I think I am a real early adopter and I am a consumer and I love to, like I love technology and I love fashion and TV and all that sort of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sort of amongst it. And I kind of think about it in that way, maybe from the consumer side of things a little bit more rather than I'm selling you something. I'm kind of like, what can I hook into here? Like what is interesting to me about this? Mm. What problem does it solve for me kind of Got thing? That's, that's a really good way of looking at it, I think, because ultimately – you know, you are selling you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, true. It, well, you are, you know. I mean, and, and that's what continues to give you more work. And if you're really true to yourself in your work, then, you know, people are going to hear that and, and they're going to want you, which is which is a nice feeling when you walk into a studio and somebody, and you know that, that, that you're there because they specifically ask for you. 
Yeah, that's always really nice when they say, well, the client asked for you or, I mean, it doesn't always happen, but yeah, it is a nice feeling. But for me, then it's a lot to live up to too, because I'm like, oh, I better be good then. Not that I'm always trying to be good, but I don't know. It's just a little bit of extra pressure, but I do, I kind of don't mind that. Yeah. So what would you normally do if you've got a new client, sort of, do you research them? Do you, or do you sometimes have absolutely no idea until you get to a studio who they are anyway? It's probably the latter more than I'd like to admit. I mean, if I have time and if I know ahead, but you know how much of this stuff is last minute. It's Mm -hmm. just crazy. And to be honest, I found that really interesting listening to your podcast because my approach is probably very different to, I'm not a, you know, traditionally trained actor. Like I've done a little bits and here and there, but nothing that's not really my career path, Mm -hmm. but I I am much more fly by the seat of my pants, walking behind a script. I know that happens to all of us as well, but yeah. I don't know. I find sometimes if I get it too far ahead, I, I overthink it. Ooh, and I think and I'm yes. better, f- like we're all a bit better fresh, right? Yeah. So I don't really, if I know I'm going for something massive, then yes, of course, I'm going to try and take a look at stuff. Or if I know, like if they've requested a specific accent or something, then yes. But for the most part, like I got a fairly big campaign, it was probably a couple of years ago now, but I didn't even know walking into it that it was an audition for that. And it was so much oh. better that way because like, <laughs> as we were going, they were asking for all these different things, like different options of, you know, going this direction, going that direction. I'm like, wow, they're really like, <laughs> they're really mm. testing all the options here. And then I left and I found out that it was an audition for a bank basically. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm quite glad I didn't know that. <laughs> So I think, yeah, like I just think if you can get, for me, I get in my head a bit. So I'm better just, yep, cool, you want me to do this? Okay. And then see what happens. Well, also I think it's actually nice to take direction. You know what I mean? And isn't it? It's, it's lovely yeah. when you get, you get somebody who, who says, can you do it this way? No, can you do it that way? Can you try it this way? Or, or even says, can you try it a way that I haven't suggested? Or something like that. How do you think it should be? That's, that's I yes. love hearing that. <laughs> Oh, so do I. It's so nice, isn't it? Like when yeah. they, when someone asks your opinion about it. But I mean, probably all of us, I could do it forever. You mm. know, I could, I could never be satisfied with it, but I, I do love it when you can throw a little spanner in and say, well, actually I was thinking like, what about this? Or mm. yeah, cool. Just give me, give me another go and we'll see what comes out. Like I like the, I have like a shake off take where if it's all getting a little bit like over, not over directed, maybe, mm. um, but as in, like, you may be getting feedback from a lot of people. I kind of like to just go, I'll just do one and just see what happens, you know, and I kind of try and shake off all the, even though, like, subtextually you've got it in your head, yeah. but you can kind of just be free and just see what happens. And often, you know, I don't know whether it's just in that context, people go, yeah, that's it. But yeah. I think it just, I don't know. Makes I think it, it a bit well, easier. I think it relaxes you because you it's like yes. you, you, yeah, you're not um putting any pressure on yourself. You're just going, look, I just need to clear my head. What about this? But <laughs> you know, and then, yeah. yeah. And it's a nice way to do it so you're not overpromising anything. You're not like, yeah. well, if I do it like this, it'll sound so much better. I'm just like, well, we'll see what comes out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you ever get asked to sound like someone else or to, you know what I mean? Like do it oh, in a style. Oh, I have. Like I'll tell you my favourite was um, Kate Blanchett <gasps> in um, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I was like, and it was such a, it was like the the most opposite product that you could ever, I can't even remember what the product was, but it was like, you what? Like you want me to sound like Kate Blanchett selling this? And I was like, um, do you have any references? And they're like, no, no, but you know that sound. I, I was like, I'll be had, an elfin queen. Sure. I've had the same thing. I don't know whether have we you? were going to the same job, but I've had exactly the same <laughs> thing. And I had to find her. I had to YouTube it. This is oh, you're I lucky remember. you got time to do that. No, this no, was, no, I was this in the is, booth recording. Oh, no, I wasn't in the booth. No, I was told to. No, this was in advance. So I, I had time to YouTube it and blah, blah, blah. And then I can't remember what there's it was. There's so much. Um, there's random. just such an effect on her voice, though, in that. Like it's so like echoey oh, and so stuff, low. isn't it? I remember it being yeah. very low. Like it's, and she has oh, a particularly look. deep voice anyway. So It's oh Kate. Like can, we, can we imitate Kate? I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> She's pretty golden um yeah but yes no I have and the other thing is like early on in my career I would often get played 
someone else's VO and if they weren't available and they were like, can you just try and sound like this girl? I was like, yeah, okay, no worries. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, God, don't ask me to sound like someone else now. No, I was just about to say there's probably people being said, can you do a Jules Lander on this now? I don't know about that. (laughs) Please don't try it at home. Um, Yeah, but I think or like someone gets really attached to the guide read and they're yes. like, yeah, but in the guide read, and I'm like, and often they do sound bloody good and you're like, damn it, damn that that writer that did that guide read. Now I've got to live up to that. I guess they wrote it, so they should be good at it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so are you ready to do a little script? Sure. Okay. So this whole episode, I, I really want to delve into advertising. So, and I know you do promos as well. So um, actually I haven't written you a promo. How appalling of me. Oh, how appalling. How remiss. How remiss. I've written you radio and TV and mm. uh, and the two in the booth. So we've got to do the two in the booth because it's just, you know, it has to be done. Fun. Sure. So, it's um, your thing. It's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's my thing to give animals voices. That's <laughs> you do love a cat, don't you? But we've got dogs today. We've got dogs today. So we've got Artie and Smoof, who are two dogs. Smoof is young and playful and Artie is older and a little bit lazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm dying to see what you do with this. I'm excited. I'm going to spin the wheel and we'll see what you get. Oh, that's so funny. It just came up with radio ad. This is a new one I've got. Oh. That's, that's actually – so I don't even know what that means, but I just put it on the wheel anyway. I guess um, jockey, voiceovery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could I be- say like DJ jock, sorry, oh, not like cool. sports jock. <laughs> DJ, that's a great idea. Often DJs do their ads. They do. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So, you can be smooth as the, yeah, smooth as the young and playful. And I'll be the old, the old dog. (laughs) Hang on, let me just, oh, I got natural. Okay, all right. Your radio ad, and I'm, let's face it, the whole thing is a radio ad. So, (laughs) yeah, true. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. Hey, Artie, I'm bored. Smooth. You're always bored. Yeah, but this time I'm like really bored. So what do you want me to do about it? (gasps) Want to play hide the sock? How about you play it and I'll just lie here in the sun? Oh, come on. It'll be fun. Okay, you hide the sock and I'll try to find it. Woo, yay. (laughs) I bet he eats it. Okay, it's hidden. Did you swallow it again? Um, might have. Smooth. Duh. Is your dog driving you demented? Are your socks disappearing and your vet bills rising? Come to Pet Palace for all your pet's needs. We have a full array of new and exciting treats and toys for all your furry, fishy and feathered friends. Demented dog, crazy cat. Bored budgie, forlorn fish, churlish chickens. We'll find exactly what you need to perk up your pampered pets and make their life playful and perfect. Come to Pet Palace. It's paradise for pets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is the longest outro, and I I can't bring myself to cut it. (laughs) It's so cute. You can't cut it, but it would be like the 20-second disclaimer and the 30-second dash. (laughs) Like all the creatives would be like, no, we need more time, so you're going to have to make that last time be like 10 seconds even though at times at 22 no I know, worries that's so funny when you when they have to speed you up because there's just so oh. much it's like terms and conditions apply. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly oh funny does that happen where you you know it's a 30 second commercial with a 45 second script oh off yeah it's becoming a little bit more common I've got to say like I think is it just clients having a little bit more say maybe and they just don't want to cut stuff or also I think it depends on whether there's an agency handling it because they tend to kind of then give feedback like no this is definitely not going to fit but yeah if it's maybe a maybe less experienced with it might be like oh I can't go back to the client and say that but often sometimes they need to come to a session or just zoom in or whatever everybody does these days but yeah um to actually hear it because or the person that's timing it is like is your dog driving you demented? Are your socks disappearing in your vet? <laughs> like they're just yeah. not actually pronouncing the words yeah. as we need to. 
but yeah, I find that quite common. Yeah, but it's kind it's of fu- not, it's yeah. fun to to try and do something as fast as you possibly can, but it, mm. it, sometimes it's just almost it's impossible to. But it's such a blur when you listen to it. So yeah. that's a thing. Like so much goes into these pieces of communication, and yeah. then they come down to us and the engineer and whoever's in the room, and sometimes it's just. Well, it's just such a compromise. It's not always like that, but yeah, no, no, it's it's no. a shame when it kind of does just all get lost in a blur of words. Do you find there's a, a particular difference between radio and TV commercials? Look, I definitely think people are more time conscious with TV because you've got the 14 and a half frames and that's it. And yeah. 14 and a half seconds, sorry, not frames. Whoops. I'm just thinking of the last, the final frames I've got to cut out. Yeah, I think people are definitely more conscious of it because. And it's funny, someone told me the other day that Australia is like the last country holding on to this 14 and a half second thing because digitally we don't really need it. It was when they used to cut um, film. Of course. So it's quite funny, but I think it is nice that we don't have that bleed between ads. Yeah, Um, yeah, got it. Whereas a lot of other countries are just overlaps almost. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think in radio they do try and jam a lot in. But, look, it does happen in TV too. And it it particularly happens like like in that script that you just had where there's like a little creative part before the tag. Yeah. And they've tried to chunk all the information into the tag. They don't want, you know, the two in the booth part to sound totally unnatural. So you've got to have some pauses and delivery Exactly. Um, but inflections that are natural. Yeah, it's interesting. When I edit my own things, it's amazing what you can do. You don't think in a million years that something will still sound okay if you take the pauses out, the breaths out. But often actually it does. It does sound fine. It's fast. But yeah. as long as everything is enunciated really well and the, the shape of it is right and all that kind of stuff, you can actually cut quite a few seconds out of something. Thank God for that is all yes. I can say. <laughs> we need that. We need something. Exactly. So um, I would like you to do a radio ad. I've actually heavily borrowed from a radio ad that I did. It's for a company that makes homes. And I've called it Moriarty Homes, which (laughs) means my brain was just going to Sherlock Holmes and I didn't even realise it until I'd written it. So I'm going to time you on this. I don't even know how long it runs, but I'm going to time you on it. And then we'll see how you do it and we'll see if we can then shave a few seconds off. Mm, Okay. I like it. All right. I will click as soon as you start. Okay. Everyone is different with different tastes, styles and budgets, which is why Moriarty Homes takes the mystery out of finding your dream home. Our catalogue boasts Australia's widest range of units, townhouses and villas. From studios to mansions, our designs are flexible enough to cater to all your needs. Build your dream home with Moriarty Homes. And if you call now, we'll take an extra 10% off your construction costs and throw in a jade plant for good luck. Moriarty Homes. Mystery solved. I love the J plaid. Did you actually say that in the script? For no, real? no, 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 no. Oh, no. damn. No, no. I'd buy a house for J plaid. <laughs> literally, the first line and the fact that it's about a home building company is all I took from the script. But okay. um, yeah, the rest of it, <laughs> the rest of it is is just completely out of my oh. weird old brain. You should so- be out there marketing. Yeah, no, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> homes. Uh, that's so cool. Okay, so you did that in 34 seconds and 39. So, oh, I reckon, so slow. Do you reckon you can shave off four seconds? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Everyone is different with different tastes, styles, and budgets, which is why Moriarty Homes takes the mystery out of finding your dream home. Our catalogue boasts Australia's widest range of units, townhouses, and villas. From studios to mansions, our designs are flexible enough to cater to all your needs. Build your dream home with Moriarty Homes, and if you call now, we'll take an extra 10% off your construction costs and throw in a jade plant for good luck. Moriarty Homes, mystery solved. Oh, you are a bloody genius, <laughs> Did I get it, 29.66. Oh, brilliant. Yes. 
and little, every little word bit of extra was there. perfectly clear. It was wonderful. Oh, well done. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> you. That's so cool. I feel like I passed. <laughs> <laughs> So being that this whole episode is about what it's like to be in the booth doing advertising day in, day out, which you do, tell me exactly what it's like when you are going to a radio station to do a bunch of scripts because it is usually a bunch of scripts, isn't it? Yeah, like like a various session. Yeah. Mm. So walk me through it. Okay. So a various session is where you go into a a radio station and they'll give you anything between like five and 12 scripts and they can all be for different clients. So there could be like a laser hair removal and then there could be like a restaurant and a wedding venue and then a charity ad. And so you've got to really be able to adapt your tone for each and every one of those. And generally they don't want to spend too much time on them. So you kind of got to Tick, tick, tick. And sometimes there'll be four for the same gym or something and then there'll be three for the same event centre. But they can be very different. Like you can go from a high-energy retail, say, for the gym, and then you can go to a more romantic read for the wedding venue and then you can also do something quite serious and straight like a medical, asking for people to participate in a medical trial or really anything you can think of, anything that you hear on the radio. So um, because they like to get the most out of you for coming into that session, right? They're like, Kathy's coming in or Jules is coming in. So we've got these 10 scripts that would suit her. Quick, everybody get them together because, you know, it's all about efficiency. So, yeah, that's always fun. And do you you have the client down the line or...? Yeah, Not. sometimes. So yeah. if it's someone like Qantas or something, you they're they're often very, you know, involved in how they want the ad to sound, which mm-hmm. is great. Or if it's a client that you've done before, they might be like I have a few of those that I've gotten from various sessions, which is always great. So they'll often request you for the next round. Because really various, like anyone, like I could be doing one brand one day in a various session and another voice will do it the next day. Yeah. It's not not always continuous as it is, say, in advertising world when there's agencies casting. Yeah, so sometimes a client's on the line and they've got a specific or sometimes, I mean, rarely they'll come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if. Also, like the engineers at stations are just, they've been doing this for a long time, most yeah. of them, yeah. and they really know what they're doing and, yeah, yeah they'll give you good direction and, yeah, it's so it's that's always fun because you've got to be on your toes and you've got to be ready for that yeah. and you've got to be ready to switch from one thing to the next. It's not like you get a break between, like you just – because they booked you for the hour so you've got to smash it out yeah. as quickly as you can because then they can get on to editing it. And yeah, putting it out there on the radio. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, It is something that keeps you on your toes. I find it a lot of fun. I love doing all that. It makes the job interesting as well yeah. when you're going in and doing lots of different styles in one, in one for session. For sure. It's, it's very fun. different to, say, doing – a job where you've you're doing a brand maybe and you're selling one particular product yeah and then you might only be saying like five words but those five words are analyzed (laughs) a lot for an hour so (laughs) so it's really different like it's two different skill sets which is which is fun and that's like I guess you know we have such a spectrum of things that we have to do but not not all of us do all those things you kind of find your niche some amazing people can do everything but I find most people have like a good little niche that they stick to yeah and I think that niche can evolve over time yeah for sure it'll change into different directions and so often you don't know that you can do something until someone asks you to do it in a booth right very true and it's so nice when that happens somebody believes in you and just goes I know I reckon Jules could do this yeah and then you get in there and you're like ha of course I can do that. You're like in, you know, your little duck feet are like, oh, my God, can I do this? Don't ever think you just do it. And then you're like, oh, cool, I can do that. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because you were saying, you know, about about having clients down the line sometimes or not. I think, I think it's more likely that you'll have the clients uh, either on Zoom or in the room with you if you're not in a radio station but in another yes. recording studio and you're doing something that's for TV or yeah. it'll usually be for TV. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of situation you'll have, and particularly when it's a new, when it's a one really big important thing, like it's a mm. big charity thing or it's, a, you know, launching a new product or something like that. And you you can literally have a dozen 
clients. Yeah, it's a lot. That can be kind of daunting. How do you oh, how do you 100%. cope with that situation? Mm, I think look, the more you do it, the more it sort of is not a big deal, but I think you realize that everybody has their thing that they're focused on and not everybody's focused on you. It's mm. normally like if there's six people in the room, maybe two will be really focused on your performance and they'll probably be the script writer and another creative that might be in there. That might be the creative director if it's a big thing or or it could be two script writers and generally the other people are there to represent the client. So yeah. they will probably play what you've done down the line to the client if they need to get approval before the voice leaves. Yeah, I think, I don't know, it's hard. Like I've definitely been daunted walking into rooms before, but it's like once you get in the booth, that's kind of your that's territory. You're in, you're in your happy place as well. Yeah. yeah. So what's the kind of job that you get excited about? Like is there any particular kind of thing that you go, ooh, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. I mean, or is it just every job that you're just kind of like, woohoo, I'm working. No, I Yay. think there's definitely more <laughs> exciting things than others for sure. I mean, it's always fun to do something that's going to be on TV, right? Because you're like, yeah. Yeah. cool, people will see this and I'll get to see it. Because, you know, so often we walk out and we're like, hmm, don't know how that's going to turn out because <laughs> you do your part and then they've still got to add music or they haven't got the final vision or whatever. So it's really nice to see things on air. Like I still get totally chuffed when I hear myself on the radio or when I'm see, you know, a TV ad, I'm like, oh, cool, that turned out really well. Or, it never oh, gets I don't know old, if... does it? It just doesn't. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Must be our artist egos being stroked <laughs> <laughs> with that stuff. But I think... Yeah. yeah, like I like it when I get things that are not in my wheelhouse all the time. Like if I get, I'm like, oh, I haven't done one of those before. Okay, cool. Or, or yes, I've been wanting to do more stuff like that. So I guess that's sort of the challenging stuff. But that's not to say that I don't love a job that I can go in and be like, yep, I know I can nail this and I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But you can't ever really take that for granted, right? Because you walk in and then you think it's like, huh, you know, I can do this. And then they want something completely different. It's taken me a long time to not be like totally nervous before going into something and it's not that I'm not I have a bit of nervous tension still but I think as you get older and you've done it for more years you're kind of like yeah you know I've you know seen a bit of stuff now I feel like I kind of know where I sit in this Which is good. And you're a little bit more, yeah. Having having that level of terror every time you walk into the studio would be horrific. (laughs) (laughs) Takes a few takes to get past the nervous voice. But I think also, like, also being able to speak up and suggest stuff. Believe me, you got to read the room. You can't be like doing this. Like some people don't, you know, they don't want to hear it. You just do your bit and that's it and that's cool. But um, if like we were saying when, you know, they ask for your advice or they want a bit more of a collaboration, I really enjoy that too because I feel like we do have lots of thoughts about things because we do this all the time and we read scripts all the time. And often when you read something, something sounds a bit clunky or, you know, so it's nice to be able to go, hey, can I just make this a let's or, you know, I think it's getting older as well. Like you're just a little bit less timid in the room. Also, and this is not to get into gender things, but like I've also watched a lot of guys and Mm -hmm. a lot of guys just do this stuff. And I feel like a lot of us, women get a little bit apologetic about it or something maybe that's just me I shouldn't say that's everybody uh, no, but I, I sort of yeah. tend to, there's a directness I think there's a yeah that that it is it yeah I find it's hard to speak up sometimes but whereas you know yeah like you say guys will just go wait uh this bit are you sure you want to like that uh, yes totally they're they're and you know what sometimes it's to their detriment because sometimes you're like buddy just step back yeah but yeah other times it's like oh cool yes you know they take it on and they're like yeah no let's rewrite it or whatever I think it happened to me once where I had actually suggested something and it wasn't really even acknowledged or whatever and then the male VO so I was doing a double hander said the same thing literally like two takes on and they were like yes that's that's of course we should do that And I was like, whoa, I need to be more direct with how I say these things because I think I just danced around it a bit too much. Um, So I think that's been a really interesting lesson. But, look, I think a lot more women are involved in the room now on the other end, not not VOs, but, like, in in agency stuff. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, and even, you know, more female engineers and stuff. So I think that has made a huge difference in the kind of vibe 
that we have. The energy of the room dictates so much of your performance. So like if you walk into a room and people believe in you and they're like, yeah, cool, you do this or whatever, like you just feel like, yeah, awesome, I'll do it. You know? Absolutely. And the thing about that is that that you're dealing with humans, you know, and humans Mm -hmm. have good and bad days. You know, I mean, we're all, we as talent, as the artists have to, the old cliche, you've got to leave it at the door before you walk in. Yeah, you do. And and I think most engineers believe that as well, because they're all about getting the best out of you. But yeah, Yeah. sometimes they're going to be a vibe and it's, I guess, personally, I think I just kind of go... I'm just going to ignore that and yeah, do my you've best. got to. You but it takes to. a bit of experience to do that for it sure. Does. But I think that is really important. You can't um, take it personally. You just can't. No, yeah. that's exactly it. When you yeah, sorry, I'm going to no, please <laughs> to re- revealing the fourth wall here. But when you <laughs> when you were saying to me like maybe think about what advice you would give to a, an up and coming VO, that would be it, 100. percent Just yeah. don't take direction personally, but. We can get into that later. Well, um, that's well, yeah. Actually, let's let's do that. Let's let's okay. just let's do another script, and then we'll we'll get into advice world because I mm. think that would be really useful. So, when you get a TV commercial, okay, from my experience, you get the vision. You're in the studio. There's a TV screen in front of you. Mm-hmm. Very often, it's also already got music. And I personally love hearing the music. Do you do you like to hear the music or oh, do you like to not hear definitely. it? Definitely. It makes such a difference. I think that informs it? you so much. Yeah. If there's music, always opt to hear it because it'll completely like it's the human communication is so flawed sometimes. Like something someone will say a word to you and it will mean something so different to them than it will to you. Yeah. Whereas music, oh, it just informs you so much. Doesn't it? I mean, even the beat, it's not that you're singing it, but the beat of how the words come out of your mouth, so informed by it, even if it's on a completely unconscious level, I think it just goes with the music then. It's such a lovely thing. So sadly, I don't have music for you today, Jules. (gasps) Sorry. Just how remiss again, times two. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd be like going away singing a jingle for me and I would have all that. I'd have to like fit it in before the sting at the end. (laughs) Oh, funny. Well, I could try, but no. Um, (laughs) I would love to hear that. (laughs) So what I thought I'd do is I'm going to read what the vision is for this and then I'm going to get you to read the... Um, oh, good. I was hoping you'd read the, you'd narrate it. Well, that you know, as well. I'm just going to. My dream is that you'll narrate my life. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is as corny as it gets. Okay. So it's a chocolate commercial for Love Chateau chocolates. <laughs> anyway. and the, Sounds the, expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, no big prizes for guessing which chocolate company I was basing this on. But um, <laughs> so it's Love Chateau chocolates. And the byline is, love chocolate, love chateau chocolates more. So I'm just telling you that in advance. But anyway, here we go. No, that's you what you get you. all the time, right? Someone reads it to you. No, this oh, is to- that's true. totally that's what actually, happens. Yeah, okay. yeah. But no, we want the Jules Lander okay. spin on this. Shake it off. Yeah. Shake it off, shake it off. So I'm just going to read this for you. So we see the doors of a huge castle opening. The camera goes through the entrance hall and out through the back of the castle where a princess sits on a golden sun lounger, opening a bar of chocolate. She looks around to make sure no one is watching. She's about to take a bite when she remembers to check for calories on the packet. We see her face as she realises this chocolate is not naughty at all. She takes a bite and smiles as bluebirds and bunnies surround her. She pats a bunny on the head whilst taking another bite of chocolate We see the chocolate bar with love chocolate, love chateau chocolates, more, in glittery letters. Right, off you go, Jules. Love chocolate, new from Chateau Chocolates. It's almost shameful how deliciously delectable new Chateau Dairy Diet Chocolate tastes. Almost shameful if it wasn't for the fact that it has just three calories per serve and is made from 100% cocoa beans with just a hint of chili, a soupçon of sugarcane and a lavish lump of love. Love chocolate. Love Chateau Chocolates more. Oh, yes. <laughs> See? I'd buy those It's soups on. I love that soups. That should be in more scripts. It should, shouldn't it? It's a great yes. word. 
Oh, that's so good, Jules Lander. So <laughs> Thank good. you, Kathy. I love that. That's just brilliant. See, I just sold myself. I was like, ooh, I could totally do some chocolate. <laughs> and this one is only three calories per serving. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, amazing. What? <laughs> I'll buy it. Yeah. I think I was just sort of writing something that I actually <laughs> hope exists. So. Yeah, exactly. Let's write, let's let's like manifest it into existence. Uh and the ad is already written. There you go. And it's that vision is has never been done before. The princess I, and the chocolate. And the, unbelievable. Know. So original. So it blew original. my mind. <laughs> but the glittery letters, that was what. I oh, was really? Like, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Glitter makes everything better. <laughs> oh, funny. So if I were an aspiring voice artist and you were giving me the Jules Lander voice experience yes tell me where would you start in giving me advice on where to start how to start what to you know all the Mm. things I get this question often as I'm sure you do I do and I actually have an email (laughs) template that I'm like yep I'll just send you this email Ah. but basically yeah it's handy um but basically because you know don't you avoid sometimes saying what you do at a party because Mm. then you know, I'm like, oh, I'm in advertising um, because it becomes the whole thing and they're like, do the voice. And you're like, oh, no, I'm not. just come on. And, yeah, it becomes like a party trick and um, it's kind yeah. of embarrassing. So I – it's just – it's such a – it's a hard industry and it takes luck and it takes skill and it takes, you know, so much ambition and – but, you know, that's not to put people off because we need – new blood and we need fresh people of course Mm. but it can be a little bit flooded in that I think you know people think oh I have a nice voice I can do this but there is a bit of skill involved it's not just having a nice voice that would be easy if it was but um I think what I would say is I would probably say that like just to give them a little um context idea yeah that it's not just as easy as maybe just going out there and and you have to you know outlay some money like you've got to put a demo together it's really great if you can get into a professional studio with an engineer so you can get some feedback I think that's a really good starting point is to actually go do the transcripts of the ads so rewind these days you don't have to really record anything and play back the ads and and write them up and then go and give it a shot like see whether a you enjoy it because that's mm-hmm. the main thing right yeah, it's not true. for everybody yeah. yeah and b whether if the engineer is good they'll probably tell you in a diplomatic way whether they think you've got any promise I guess that's my starting point because that's sort of how I started. But I know there's lots of great courses and stuff these days to do. I mean, I've done a little bit of training here and there along the way. Like I would have to do a bit of research on what I would recommend. But, um, yeah, I think that's what I would say. Go go and put some stuff together and see if you like doing it. And then if you like doing it, I guess it's it's a matter of – Oh, it's just so hard these days, isn't it, Kath? Sorry, I'm I'm trying to be concise for no, you, but it's, it's really no, difficult no, it because yeah. most agencies want you to come to them with clients these days. Whereas yeah. when I started, yeah. there was a, such a smaller amount of us doing it mm-hmm. that, yeah. I mean, and depending on how young you are and stuff, like you didn't necessarily have to come with a stable of clients. But now it's so competitive that mm. it's really difficult. So a lot of the people that are entering the industry in the voice side are actors as well because they're in the industry already. But, yes, look, I've been asked this lots of times and some people have gone on to to do stuff and others have been daunted by the process. So I think that's a good test if you're daunted by the process and then it's sort of like film for me. Like I I did that for a number of years and then I was like, "Mm, this is kind of not my thing. Like I've got to be tenacious in in a way about it that I'm not feeling. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good test it really is isn't it yeah yeah you gotta love this you do have to love it you do and you've mm. got to be it's like it's difficult at times there's peaks and troughs and there's times where the phone doesn't ring for you know the day or whatever and you've got to be like cool well I, I don't know I look at it like maternity leave that I never got <laughs> so I'm like hmm, I'm owed quite a bit of maternity leave so this is my maternity leave day and I'll go and have some brunch That's a fun, but really actually- I'm probably parenting children at home and not actually <laughs> well, I, was gonna, um, I was gonna say that because I, I, when I was talking to Heidi uh she was saying that you're amazing like you basically because you your last baby you had how long ago about yeah she's like a she's like 13 months old 13 months yeah okay gosh and she and Heidi said you were back in the studio like about a day after you gave but not quite but, <laughs> but very well, close to like a few days after yeah. or something 
And I think it's hard because if you have regulars, you can't, yeah. you just can't give them up because that's, that's so hard to come by in this industry. So yeah. I think, look, I've been so lucky that my regular clients are so understanding and, and they're all like, don't be silly, go and take your time. But the <laughs> thing is, it's for me, it's also, I really enjoy it. And it's like such a break from the reality of whatever's going on at home sometimes. So yeah. it's really nice to like be like, no, I've got to like put on a nice outfit and go, not that anyone really cares what you look like, but <laughs> go and, you know, pull myself together and have two hours where I'm an adult and I'm having adult conversations that don't revolve around children. And I think that's really valuable in the first few months. It's not for everybody, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But for me, and I'm I'm lucky in that, especially by the third child, we have the sort of support system set up. But yeah. I'm also very much because I've experienced the peaks and troughs of the industry throughout my career and I've had like lots of periods where I haven't been busy and I so appreciate the work when it comes and so I always say yes to stuff and then I just panic and make it work behind the scenes (laughs) and I just can't I just it really kills me to have to say no to something like I like that makes me feel sick because I know there are days when I'm like I don't have a have work on for that day. And any VO, I don't know. I've seen the top two of the females and the top two of the males. And trust me, they have days where they're not working because it does happen. Yeah. So I think it's important to appreciate and be humble about everything that you get because mm. so much has happened for you to get that job. Like Absolutely. it seems so like, yeah, we get the phone call and we turn up, but your demo may have been sent with four others to the client as these are the five possibilities that we think and then the client's gone and narrowed it down to three and then the agency's picked the one or you know we've had to work out schedules and someone else may have weighed in the engineer like it's just it's there's so much that goes on behind the scenes for us to get in the room that I think you just can't take it for granted. Absolutely agree. Uh, so agree. And I, I mean, it, it goes really without saying that you just have to be really super nice to people. and For sure. And, and everybody from the, everyone. from the you know, open the door, that yeah. person on. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter because you no. don't realise who's weighing in on what. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice to be a nice person anyway, right? It is, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. So often the person that's at reception will end up being part of the casting process later on or yeah. a year down the line. They're then doing ad sales, so they're putting up voices for stuff. And yeah. it's just it always pays to be a super, decent super human being. to everyone. Yeah, and it makes yeah. life nicer anyway when you are. So <laughs> you know what I mean? It's absolutely. Just, it makes for a, and it makes for a, just a much Oh, I've had to hand around. receptionists my babies before. <laughs> So it's always good to have people on side. Oh, that's lovely. So do your kids, are they aware at this point? I don't know how old your eldest is. How old is she? Um, She's just turned five. And, yes, they are. Like they hear – I mean, I don't think they understand the process, but um, they hear me on the radio a lot when we're driving and I'm like, oh, there's mummy. Like I – so that they understand where I'm going. I mean, they can hear my voice anyway. So they're like, oh, mummy. But I try and – you know, having three girls, I really want them to know that, yes, you're my priority and being a mummy is the best and most important job, but I'm also really enjoy what I go and do. And this is what I'm doing when I'm away from you. And I do it because I love it. And this is where it ends up. You know, I think that that's, that's a cool thing for them to experience. Oh, it so is. That's a beautiful thing to be teaching them how important it is to love what you're doing and to be proud of what you're doing. And Yeah, I think it's lovely. Yeah, it's a nice way to share it because, of course, they're like, Mummy, stay home. And, you know, but I'm like, No, of course I want to stay home with you, darling, but I've got to go, you know, things cost money, blah, blah, blah. But also, I really like doing this. And this is part of having a full life. If you, I mean, not that you have to work, but I'm just saying it's just part of what I choose to to do. Uh, It's so important. I think it's kept my sanity, to be honest, sometimes (laughs) having small kids. It's like so nice to go out the door and have them be someone else's problem for a little while. Um, So for me, it's always been a nice escape. And I certainly am not out nine to five every day doing stuff. So it's awesome in that respect because I could run home and feed babies or help or do whatever and go back out. And so I feel like I get a lot of FaceTime with them. Yeah. More that I was going to say for people starting out, because like people ask me this all the time, like what's important? And I would say beyond your ability and your range, which is all super important, right? Because that's mm-hmm. why you're being booked. Yeah. But I feel like professionalism is really 
as important. So like we were saying, like you don't bring the chaos into the room, whatever you've left behind. And trust me, I've often left behind a lot of chaos. Um, (laughs) But I try not to bring it into the room, which doesn't mean that you have to be like a mindless robot in there. But I think that you need to be open and and ready for direction and and it's like such a laser focus that you need sometimes to do these things yeah. and it is a short amount of time that we work for in when you add it up sometimes but mm. it's like you have to be so focused so i think i feel like being you know on time not bringing chaos in and also just like being humble mm. you know like we all need egos to perform right that's definitely part of it but i think just leave the ego until you get in the booth and you need it for your performance would be my yeah yeah I just don't know that people because I was really like that was drummed into me like when I was Mm -hmm. young and I just don't know that that is so communicated anymore not that I've come across a lot of belligerent VO artists but I do think that sometimes that stuff is like by the by but I think it's that that's the stuff that I get a lot of people commenting on is like, oh, it's great. You turn up on time or whatever because, you know, often we have VOs that run late and I'm like, what, really? Wow. I mean, it happens to all of wow. us but yeah. it's like so, oh, I get so stressed if I'm like I remember somebody telling um, me that their agent said to them, if you're not 20 minutes early, you're late. And I was like, oh, really? Whoa. See, I is... feel like that used to be the thing but yeah. I feel like now if you're too early, that's also not that's cool. Also not like cool. I think you yeah. need to be like yeah. within 10 minutes Ten minutes, is, I think, is good. Yeah, I yeah, because like they're like, like to get there hanging around at ten, fifteen minutes early if I possibly can, only because I love to have a quick read of the scripts if I can first. You know, that's true, I, and I that's a good a little tip. Scripts. Particularly at radios, it's nice to because otherwise you walk in there and you're like, you got to be off and running without yes, having a chance to totally. Read it. So while they're no, it's really nice to have like two minutes up to sit there and read it, just to read it through and have a yeah. You know, some people will actually go through a script and actually put where they breathe and things like that. I personally yeah. don't do that. I don't. No, I don't, me neither. No. I mean, the, the difficult scripts for me, not difficult, the things where I need a lot of time in preparation and I'll always ask for them in advance is anything like a documentary or something that's really difficult like a technical, mm. a medical explainer video or, a, you know, something oh, like that when I'm never, I'm, yeah. in a million years I won't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I'll need to learn how to say certain words and so they flow, so I'll need to say them many, many times over before I can get them out of my face. And Absolutely. Like I know what I'm Ooh. talking about. But, yeah, yeah, those sort of things. But otherwise, yeah, it's really... But, you know, the five-word ones that are going to get analysed for the hour. You got the hour, don't worry. Oh, my gosh. I remember very, very early on when I was like, I don't know, 20, 21, 22, something like that. Anyway, doing one of my very first ever voiceovers and I'd been, you know, a session singer so I knew all about that world. But I remember the first time I ever got directed to do something super deadpan and I totally didn't understand what they were saying. Like I was like, because to me, I was listening to radio and television at that point and going, well, nobody says anything really deadpan. Like, and it was something, the the words I still remember actually, it's like cold as ice. I'm laughing because you still remember it, not because that delivery was cold as ice. That was that was totally convincing. I couldn't um, get it. But I, I love like sometimes these things it. get burnt on our brain. Oh, yeah. It's always the ones where, where you just like it, it's hard, I think, that the ones that you remember. Or sometimes yes. the ones that are just insanely ridiculous or silly or fun or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, ridiculous. It's so true. Like that's as we were saying, direction can be so subjective and it means completely different things. Yeah. And back on our point actually was the the best advice that I've been given. And I think this is probably from training with my sound engineer brother-in-law, but it was just like don't take direction personally. Like yeah. just yeah. if they want you to do it again, you do it 32 times. Like oh, yeah. just do it. Yeah. And sure, you know, it you know, it depends on how they're delivering that. Can you do it again? Can you do it again? But yeah. I think the main thing to be is try and be flexible and we're all trying to get the same result, right? Absolutely. We all, all want to be happy. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, like sometimes you leave a session more often than not and they haven't really picked the go-take. Like sometimes the agency will be like, we want it this way, but the client will probably like that. Yeah. Let's take them two options. So I think, you know, people like to cover their bases more these days as well. Um, so yeah. I just think you can't, you know, unless someone's speaking 
talking to you really rudely, which doesn't really happen that often. I think you've just got to be an instrument in that creative process a little bit as well. Absolutely. Just be open, always open to to whatever it is. Yeah. Most of the time you can see a script and go, "Mm, got a pretty good idea of what they want. Um, Yes. And and also they've booked you because sometimes actually I've had clients say, number 10 on your voiceover reel, (laughs) the way you did that, that particular one, I'm like, what is number 10? Uh, (laughs) And and I'll have to say, what is number 10? Which one? And they'll go, the blah, blah, blah. Oh, that one. Okay, so you want to let that – and actually that's super helpful. Oh, I agree. I quite love that when they do that. I'm like, oh, good, okay, that bit of the demo is staying in then. Um, yes. Because, yeah, my, yeah you kind of know what gets to you cast yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. that's right. I've literally um, done that. <laughs> 100%. I was going to say that. It's always good to give a little tweak here and there. But um, I do love it when they do that as well because – and so often I'm sure you've heard this, oh, we just cast you from the natural intro of your uh, demo. That's – Cool, I can uh, just talk in here. I know. <laughs> But then it's yeah. never like that. No. <laughs> Starts no. like that, but it never quite ends up like that. Oh, look, we could all sit at home and work on our demos forever, right, and make them sound amazing. Yeah. But if you can't access that stuff pretty quickly in a job, then yeah. it shouldn't really be on there. Yeah. It's it's horrible yeah. to over-promise something and under-deliver. Like I'm always mm. trying to under-promise, over-deliver. It's like mm. always nice to feel like people have been like oh cool that's turned out well but also the other thing I was going to say is you can get some ambivalence back when you do a take or whatever and you just also can't take that personally too because sometimes people don't want to say their opinion before like especially on zoom I don't know if you find that as well but like everyone's almost afraid to speak first um and it just takes the engineer to be like yeah great take cool and then it kind of opens the communication lines but I just sort of I don't know I don't live and die by that stuff and I think that's important if you can just have a thick skin and be like yeah cool we'll get we'll get to the bottom of where this is going soon or Mm. yeah they don't often know what they want until they hear it and sometimes they hear it and then question it so I think you just got to give them everything they want and then hope for the best. Absolutely. And I think actually what you were saying about building up that sort of relationship with the producers and the sound engineers and that sort of thing, that is really important. But that is kind of the thing that takes so long as a, as mm, a, as a, as a beginner. And unless you get in with a studio that just does tons and tons of work and therefore you will get quite a bit of work, I'm just sort of relating it to when I was starting out as a, as a session singer and there was a couple of studios that I did all of my work with and then mm. as a result of that other studios got to know me and everything but I I these were my friends you know these were people yeah. I was working with and they were and I had a fantastic relationship with them how good's that because we it's are lone wolves and yeah. it's so nice when you can have a relationship like we don't get the office drinks and we don't get I mean you might get some <laughs> no. drinks with friends or whatever but yeah. you know it's rare to get the invitation to the client Christmas party or something so it's really nice when you can have a relationship relationship um to build that up because it's you know there's a really nice bunch of people like that's not the majority are really lovely but yeah I think it's just a really nice feeling when you know that you can I don't know just have have a bit of banter with someone and be taken in the right way and not have to second guess stuff that you're saying because so much of it is like we were saying reading the room Like you can have a bit of banter, but then you can be like, oh, people just want to check their email, so shush now. So Mm. it's nice to have like a a bit of continuity in the relationship. I always remember Kate Murphy. She was saying, you know, starting out in Queensland, like it's different because the first thing you do is sit down and have a chat with the engineer. And I was like, wow, that does not, <laughs> like we had no. to have a chat, but like, you don't, like she's saying like you sit down and have a 10 to 15 minute chat and wow. that's all, almost a bit like a casting. And I was like, wow, no, like it's totally different oh, here. Um, not yeah. that, you know, it's like get in and get out, but I think you've got to, yeah, just kind of regulate how much, com- like there's nothing worse than watching someone kind of kill themselves with too much talking when you're like just shush they don't they want you to shush now like just do your job (laughs) and go but yeah and sometimes they're super stressed or they're paying attention to something else and but other times people are up for a good banter and you're in there waiting for client approval and so you can have a good so you can have you watched this tv show you gotta Um, pick your moment yeah read that room now jules 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 i'd like you to do a bit of a uh, nonsense poetry jam, if you don't mind. Oh, yes, of course. So I'm going to give you a, a character. 
Mm, okay. Oh, this'll be so silly. Right. I've got to do this one as a newsreader. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm, very so newsreader. Think, okay. Think about SBS or one of my best friends is a very good journalist. We'll really? Channel her. Channel, mm. channel your journalist friend. Okay. And, um, oh, God, she'll be like, you've murdered that. But anyway. Um. You can't murder this. It's already dead. It's a nonsense program. <laughs> <Okay. jam. laughs> good, good, good. Okay. Mm. Off you go. Just so you know, I'm clasping my hands in front of me to read this anchor style. Aardvark nested tea fork between very hotel became of soup the limpid crane involved. Nice its shallowing boast. Delaware of flippant harbour. Nether crumble votive hip. Instrumental plume begat. Porcupine this flouncy egg. Roving chasm the bountiful flock. Meter broom decided. Thus flamenco cheddar shake. Moon on ample wafting gavel. Meekness, toad, or fluff. <laughs> that is awesome. How that, did you come up with that? Uh, I like the cheddar shake. I'm going to incorporate <laughs> that. I was thinking what would be really disgusting, a cheese milkshake. So I just sort of gave it cheddar shake. <laughs> but it's a dance move, right? Flamenco cheddar shake. Oh, I'll take it. It is actually. I'm going to take I've got a. I've got a party on Saturday night. I'm going to take that move to the D floor. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you guys heard of this? This is fl- flamenco cheddar shake. Get a- get amongst it. It's a trend. <laughs> Can you please send a video? Now that is worth video. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to social media that. Stay please tuned. Do. Hashtag flamenco cheddar shake. <laughs> That's right. It's going to become a whole movement. Oh, yes. Love it. All right. Well, and now for something completely different. Um, what have you brought to read? Oh, gosh. This, <laughs> the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Awesome. Um, it's so funny because when you asked me, about something to read to bring in something um I had (laughs) my mind immediately went to Margaret Atwood because she's one of my favorite authors and I studied The Handmaid's Tale in year 12 wow and I have brought in my Handmaid's Tale year 12 copy highlighted with the little plastic dividers in it I wish you could see it uh, I'm going to take oh, a snap of it and send do. it to you so please that you can do. see the, the real age. Do you know what? I'm going it... to put that on social media with a picture of yes, you. Yes, I love I think it. that would be awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes. It honestly blew my mind in Year 12 oh, um, and I think it was so cool that that's what we studied. And, I ho- and I, you know, of course, it's super current now. I've returned back to this book so many times throughout the years and reread it, even with whole pages basically highlighted. And it just opened me up to all the possibilities of the dystopian world that could yeah. happen, but just particularly as women, mm-hmm. like how vulnerable we can be. And, of course, now it's more current than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I kind of went to that and then I actually – considered some kids books because I was like yeah I'm, I'm way in that space um <laughs> yes, but I kind of just came back to handmaids and thought I can't resist oh, please do um, so Ooh. Margaret Atwood let's go. hope I do you justice mm-hmm. okay I could scream now cling to the banister relinquish dignity I could stop them at least for a moment if they're real they'll stay if not they'll run away leaving me here Not that we need one, sir, but all is in order, says the first one again. Violation of state secrets. The commander puts his hand to his head. What have I been saying? And to whom? And which one of his enemies has found out? Possibly he will be a security risk now. I am above him, looking down. He is shrinking. There have already been purges among them. There will be more. Serena Joy goes white. Bitch, she says. After all, he did for you. Cora and Rita press through from the kitchen. Cora has begun to cry. I was her hope. I failed her. Now she will always be childless. The van waits in the driveway. Its double doors stand open. The two of them, one on either side now, take me by the elbows to help me in. Whether this is my end or a new beginning, I have no way of knowing. 
I have given myself over into the hands of strangers because it can't be helped. And so I step up into the darkness within or else the light. That's it. That is the end of Handmaid's Tale. Wow. wow. The book. (laughs) And that is how the, well, I shouldn't ruin it for you, but that's how the final episode of season one ends wow but like how cool to end a book in that way but it still felt satisfying like yeah. we never found out what happened to her but but then ah, she, just, she wrote yeah. this she's written the second book hasn't she yeah like, she has yeah, the testaments so. yeah and you read that anyway yes mm. and it's being made into a tv show i yeah. believe which yeah. will be so good mm. so yeah i'm a bit of a handmaid's tale nerd love as you that. can tell I love it <laughs> So I guess we have come to the end of our time. Uh, Thank you so much for giving me your time. And this is late in the evening and I know that you've come here after putting your little girls to bed. So I do appreciate you coming out and doing this. Oh, pleasure. It's been such a lovely, lovely escape and so fun to chat to you about all of the crazy intricacies of what we do. Yeah. Well, really haven't so. concentrated just on the advertising side of things and, and your your insight into it is just invaluable. So thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you very much. It's been fun. Good. Loved it. If anybody wants to find the lovely Jill Zlander, you've got a website and you are with Scout Voice and you're on uh, Instagram and Facebook? Yes. So yeah, I'm on, they- well, more Insta. Insta. All right. Well, have a lovely. Oh, well, thank you so much for asking me to do this. Thank you for being such an enormously, fabulously entertaining guest. Oh, thanks, Kathy. <laughs> will you enjoy your night? Go I and will. enjoy that wine. You too. I know I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye, Jules. Okay. Thank see you, Kath. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Voiceover Voices. Scripts and concept by Kathy Ogden. Music produced by Grant Windsor and written by Jeff Franzel and Kathy Ogden. You can find us on Instagram at voice underscore over underscore voices. If you liked this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe so more people can find us. Be kind. Thank you.